Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar podcast. You're with me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Um, another week closer to the season starting. Um, enjoyed our interview with uh, with Paolo from Bills Italy last week, so if you haven't checked that out, go, go back and listen. Also, uh, ran into a couple of Americans on uh, Wednesday evening, That's uh, one of which was... Um, uh, went to LSU, and so we had a good chat about a uh, good chat about Trey White, which was quite good fun. I was wearing my Bills hat. <laughs> they said to me, "Hey, are you American?" I said, "No, I'm uh, I'm British." And they said, "Oh, okay. Well, what's the we'll do with the Bills?" So you know, we had a better chat about the Bills, and um, yeah, yeah, it was kind of nice. It doesn't happen very often when I'm wearing Bills stuff. Anybody says anything to me, so it was a bit of a rare event. But um, yeah, it was good fun. So yeah, it's been a good week. How about you? How are you? Yeah, no, I'm doing well, thanks. Obviously. It's the off-season, but uh, the NFL world doesn't stop. There's been a ton of news, hasn't there? Some huge blockbuster uh, trades happening and Aaron Rodgers staying, as we all expected, but he wanted to create a scene and you know, get paid <laughs> effectively. That's all we wanted, wasn't it? But obviously, the big blockbuster trade, uh, the AFC West looks stacked with uh, Russell Wil- Wilson going to... Um, the Broncos, I could say Russell Watson then. He's a bloody orchestra like <laughs> choir guy, isn't he? Thank God I didn't actually go with that. But uh, yeah, so Russell Wilson to the Broncos and Khalil Mack, who was someone that when we'd done a top four needs, I said like they might actually go the way of trading for an edge player. Um, and he was one of the two guys I identified, but he's gone to the Chargers. So that division, I think it's gone to the strongest division in the NFL. So, so how do you interpret that? I mean, there's some people saying, you know, well, that's actually going to do the Bills some favours because yeah. potentially the Chiefs are not going to win as many games. That should put them yeah. in a weaker position in the yeah. in the in the playoffs. Do you subscribe to that as well, or do you think the Absolutely. Chiefs will just blow everybody out anyway? Yeah, I think so. I think it's good for us that you know the division. You look at it, you feel bad for the Raiders, but everyone's like, oh, you know, I never feel Raiders. bad for the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you just not like? Well, like they're more. a sort of mercenary team, aren't they? Moving around wherever suits them. Is it just them. purely? Yeah. yeah. I also think they're one of these sort of popular teams because they're black and silver, but non. Yeah, there's a lot History of history. Sort of, there's a lot yeah. of kind of you know, uh, let's say, less than committed Raiders fans floating around the world. Let me put it that way. So yeah, yeah. and it feels like uh, like one of <laughs> I, I went to Primark like one or two months ago, and they've got a little bit of NFL merch in there. I don't know how they managed to get some rides but it's giants patriots and then raiders so exactly right. on like, what basis exactly it, yeah. it just it, it, they seem to be popular just because got a pirate on their helmet yeah I mean, for goodness yeah. sake no. <laughs> I, I get it but like the raiders at the end of the day they still went to the playoffs and Derek cards say last year was probably a top 10 top 12 12 quarterback so i don't think they're completely out of it you know when you factor all of that in the chiefs have to play six of those division games against really strong opposition you think bosa and mac on, on the oh edge, yeah you that's know. scary isn't it that's gonna yeah absolutely frightening for Mahomes. so uh yeah no it, i think it's a good thing ultimately uh that that's happened so uh yeah um that's that definitely puts really denver cool. into a you know, different level, isn't it? it puts them into Where do you competing. see them? Like, how would you rank them now as of what we know? Yeah, it's a good question. Is... I, I think they are they're in they're strong playoff contention and actually I do think they have a shout of uh, going pretty deep. I don't consider them a top-level thing simply because I just don't think... I think Russell Wilson's you know, an exciting guy to watch. I think he's an absolute clown as a person, to be honest. I remember him in an interview <laughs> I don't warm to the guy at all, but actually, I like watching him. I like his style of play. You know, I think he's an exciting player, and I think that you know, 
the Broncos have been a quarterback away for a little while now. So it does solve that need. But it's not as simple as just bringing a quarterback in. You've got to mesh with your, uh, with your offensive line. You've got to mesh with your offensive coordinator. You've got to build relationships with, with wide receivers. It, it doesn't, it's not as slick as that. And I don't think Russell Wilson had an especially good season last year. Um, so I think long-term, I think it's a good move for the Broncos. I'm not sure it's going to come, you know, I don't, I don't see a Super Bowl heading their way next season. Let me put it that way. I also don't think he's in the top eight quarterbacks in the league. Um, but I think he is a massive step forward from what they had um so yeah. yeah and i think it makes them dangerous is what i would say you know the, a team that could probably beat anybody on their day but probably aren't going to have the consistency that they need to to go all the way yeah their aim has just got to be toppling the chiefs isn't it i think they've lost um since mahomes has come into the league i think even andy Reid, like when they had alex smith i was listening to the round the nfl podcast i think they were saying that um the Broncos haven't won a game against the Chiefs since like 2015 or something. So that's got to be the first, you know, for, for all the teams that are trying to, you know, get the playoffs, the first aim is to win your division. That doesn't change for contenders either. But, no. you know, just to win the division with this quarterback gives them a much better chance. But it's such a competitive league. You think, I'd say he's probably the third best quarterback in that division. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty scary when you think that Herbert, Mahomes and Wilson are all in the same division. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting how it shapes up moving forward. And, you know, there's going to be the charges of capital still to, you know, acquire good you know, players in the draft. And I was thinking, actually, Jordan Davis, I know we haven't talked too much about the draft, but if you got him into that defensive front <laughs> alongside Mack and Bosa, I was like, yeah, if I was to charges, and if he falls to 17, some people are saying because of the combine, he, he's gone up the... Uh, um, big boards a little bit but if he's there at 17 if you think of that front it's like bloody hell but you know Russell Wilson's come in and you know that's obviously strengthened the AFC but a big name has left the AFC as well Carson Wentz has left yeah <laughs> that was a that was a puzzling uh, puzzling move wasn't it I, on earth are Washington thinking I mean <sighs> did they not watch him last year how is that their, how is that the solution to their problem they're desperate aren't they you know, I think just because of everything that's gone on with that organization for the last decade under Snyder and, you know, obviously the bad, you know, just how much of a shit show that franchise is in terms of their front office and ownership and stuff. I feel like, you know, they, they it sounds like they went out of the right way to try and get Wilson, but Wilson has a no trade clause. You know, if you're going to pick between the Broncos and Commanders, it's a clear <laughs> decision. Yeah. It is a clear decision. So I feel like they're desperate. They have to do something. They have to think of someone that would be prepared to come in. And clearly, Wentz, you know, how he's flamed out at both the Eagles and Colts, that's not a good sign. But he... I think they'll draft somebody as well. Possibly, it's yeah. It's more of a kind of a backup, um, kind of, you know, allow one of these draft picks to develop a little bit, maybe. I think so, yeah. Because he's not the long-term answer necessarily. But he's got upside and, you know, he's got a bit more appeal to than what they had with Taylor Heineke. He, he played pretty well. Um, but I don't think you can go and just... You know, tell your fans that you're rolling with that uh, moving forward to next season. So um, they had to do something, but I think they gave up too much. Like I was expecting them to be cut or you know something. To, what was it? Two uh, round three picks and uh, something else, I think. And then they get like a second back, or uh, it just seemed a bit weird. Uh, still, the compensation Very strange. they gave up for that. But so yeah, so I didn't um, think Tyler Heineke was that bad. I mean, I thought he no, was no. Exciting I, I think he's uh, he definitely showed flashes. It's just the consistency. But then again, you could say. <laughs> we've went <laughs> so exactly the same thing can't you but uh, yeah 
He's got the yeah. uh, they've got the eleventh overall pick. Um, so you should expect some of the um, some of the better quarterbacks in this draft. You know, so, yeah. So that advisedly uh, it would still be available. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but yeah, a weird one, a weird one for sure. Yeah, definitely. So we're here to do a free agency primer today. So obviously last episode, we have the guest interview of Paolo from Bills Backers Italy, and that will be continuing. We've got an interview quite soon um, with a number, another Bills from afar. So that will come to you shortly. Um, but we're doing free agency primer today. So we'll talk about the Bills free agents, who would we keep and who would we let walk. We'll also talk this, you know, because we're <laughs> a week before free agency. There's a load of rumours at the moment uh, surrounding the Bills. So we'll just talk about those and then put ourselves in, in the front seat as Brandon Bean and just say kind of how we'd go about this and who what, what players are on our radar, basically. So, um, yeah, so Charlie, let's get started with the yeah. uh, free agents so there's a four that have already re-signed um yeah. you've probably seen in the news so saran neil um yeah uh, who i think has been you know a, a sort of a sneaky good player for the bills and uh, playing yeah. a bit of nickel cornerback um and uh that sort of buffalo nickel i suppose that's sort of bigger guy when we're up against um you know a let's say a, a tight end set that we we particularly want to counter um jake kumaro signed this week um you know, pretty pretty low numbers. He's been a sort of wide receiver six seven um, last year. I think he's mostly there as a blocker. You know, kind of big block, big big bodied guy. You know, we often call him Touchdown Jesus. As a little surprise, I thought maybe Isaiah Hodgins would take that slot this year, but um, I guess they like him for his special teams ability and his blocking. Ilionko, um, who I think I think played pretty well towards the end of the season when he came in on the, uh, the defensive line, defensive tackle. Um, again, you know, low money and um, I think uh, a good depth piece, given the fact we needed bodies on that interior defensive line. And of course, Tyrell Dodson, um, you know, who's obviously you know, big in the special teams, um, potentially can play a bit of third linebacker as well. Um, so those those four have, have, have re-signed. Um, then we've got a list of, I think, players that, I think are a good, a good chance of say of staying. So let's just go through each of these. I yeah. think one of the bigger ones on the list would be Harrison Phillips. Um, for me, I would like to keep him. I think, I think we need the, the numbers on the in the defensive tackle. I think he played pretty well. I'm not sure he's the transformational, you know, one tech that I would like in that position. But I think as a, a rotational guy, I think um, he's he's yeah he's, he's pretty solid. I don't know what the money would look like, but I would be keen to keep him. What about you? Are you keen on keeping Harrison Phillips? Yeah, definitely. I think I'd keep him too. Um, just to say, um, with this discussion uh, overall in free agency, we're not going to go into the detail of what the money's going to look like. You know, there's other uh, great podcasts like Cover One and Greg Tomset that do a great job. That's like their niche in terms of the numbers and how it'll work for in terms of a cap. And um, we're not going to do that. We're just going to say just at a high level if we'd keep them or if we let them walk or anything like that. So yeah, we've. Uh, Phillips, if the numbers work, um, definitely keep him. You know, we you want to um, promote draft and develop philosophy. Uh, we've seen that Brandon Bean, a lot of the draft picks that they've selected um, have been re-signed to uh, new extensions. You look at Sir O'Neill, uh, just as a prime example of that this offseason. So uh, if, if the number's sensible, then yep. I'll definitely be on board with bringing him back. So then just a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, police pieces on the offensive line uh, so ryan bates and i Butker. um personally i thought they both did enough to be re-signed if the money works um we need the depth at 
guard. I think there's a good chance we'll draft somebody at guard. But I thought Ryan Bates was the, you know, a really useful piece in this uh, offensive line this last year. Improved the performance of that offensive line. I bought before his injury again. I think he was very solid. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to see both of them back. What about you? Yeah. Um, Bates, I definitely would. I think he's versatile. He could play all five positions. In the five full games he played at the end of last season, he played really well. And obviously it wasn't just that. Dion Dawkins uh, was playing some of his best uh, football since he was drafted, since he was brought into the team. Um, so it's not just his impact um, that he brought to the line. It's, but you know, what he'd done around him as well. So, um, and he's a restricted free agent as well. We can tender him. And I think that's probably what they'd do if they can't work out something a little bit more long-term. I don't yeah. think I'd be inclined, like people are talking about three, four-year deals. I kind of understand it from a cap perspective, but we only saw five full games of the guy. We, we value his versatility. He's clearly a good guy in the locker room. But I want to see a bit more production from him before we commit long-term. So if we're able just to tender him for one year, like we did with Ike Bocca last season, then great, I'd do that. And with Bocca, I think I'd be more inclined. He's injured, to... isn't he? He's been injured. Yeah. He's, he's a good, fine backup piece, but I feel like I'd be more inclined to uh, draft someone and have them... Um, you know, come in and fill out his gap as a backup guard, you know, mm. so... I think um, the, the key thing about Botker is that because he's injured, um, he's probably not going to be back till pre-season, we may be able to secure him on a pretty team-friendly deal, you know, probably a bit bit, bit lower than what he might be worth. Um, and I, I think maybe there's a, an opportunity to see what we pick up in the draft and then maybe, um, you know, Consider that uh, whether we want to keep him or not later on. But yeah, I think um, I think I think he did enough. But um, let's let's see. I think he'll have a market because there's not many. You look at the actual uh, market that's going to be next week uh, when free agency starts, and there's not a huge amount of depth. And we know obviously offensive line; it's hard to fill all five spots across all 32 teams. And I think he'll be a well sought after player. Um, with a view of starting somewhere else, you know, mm. obviously the, the clear link's going to be the Giants, um, but he could land somewhere else. So um, he might actually get a bit too expensive, a bit too rich for what, what I'd resign him for. So, yeah. So moving on to um, edge rushers, there's four uh, that need to be debated. Obviously, there is Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. Um, you know, sort of the veterans in the room. We also have Brian Cox Jr., who for me can go. Um, I think he's been sort of there as sort of depth on and off the roster a little bit over the years. And then there's F.A. Barda, of course, um, who we saw flashes from, but not great consistency and quite a few injuries last year. Where do you stand on these these four? Um, so the one that I'd be wanting to bring back most in terms of um, Hughes and Addison, I'd probably be Hughes uh, slightly. Yeah. Um, if he's happy on a super cheap one-year deal, uh, do it, bring him back. It sounds yeah. like from what Bean said, both those guys want to play next season. Um, but I'd probably, because he's, you know, he's been with the Bills since 2013 and he's well-respected clearly in the locker room. Um, I, I, I think we have to let one of them go, don't we? We need, we need a cap yes. space, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, you know, obviously there's rumours at the moment that we'll go into on the edge position. But um, I think one of these four guys is likely to stay. Um you know, or at least compete, and then maybe end of training camp, you know, maybe they'll free them all up and go with whoever they brought in in free agency plus for free uh, 
guy, the three young guys uh, that were draft picks for us. So um, the other thing that we might see, if somebody a big name became available, they thought they could secure, they might be prepared to let them both go. You know, obviously offset yeah. the money that they would have to pay them uh, with you know a big name. We we're going to talk about uh, free agent. You know, options later on but someone like Chandler Jones for example we know he'd be cost a lot more than either of those but you know if they decided they wanted a veteran in the room then they, they might be prepared to let them both go um, yeah, and then hopefully that you know maybe on a you know Chandler Jones on a one or two year deal just buys us time to develop those three uh, rookie edge rushes that we have um, yeah. then as F.A. Barter would you be interested in seeing him back I mean again probably not going to cost us a whole heap of money um, was on a pretty low uh, number last year what, what do you think yeah, um, I'd be quite happy to bring him back. I was thinking uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you in the rumours, but as we're talking about Ibada now, obviously there's a lot of talk about Shaq Lawson being back. He's been quite vocal on social media over the last couple of days um, about wanting to come back and join the team. Um, who would you prefer to have, do you think? Would you have Lawson or Ibada back? Well, I mean, Lawson's the the more uh, experienced, polished player. Um you know, they both have quite a lot of flexibility, I think, playing inside and outside. Um, Lawson probably is going to cost us a little bit more, I would think. Um, good run stuffer. I think he's he's better um, on the edge, protecting against the run than, than Abada. I think Abada is a bit more of a pass rusher type. Um, I think, it, yeah, it's tricky. Probably a barter because I think we need we need more in the pass rush game than we do yeah. in the in in the um, in the run stuffing at edge. You know, I think that. If we if we keep someone like Jerry Hughes, obviously Greg Rousseau was was outstanding against the run last year, and we beef up the middle, then I, I feel like it's more the pass rush that we need. If yeah, we're struggling to hang on to the likes of Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, or you know, old Mario Addison, when we're sort of struggling to keep that uh, experience edge, and and we're we're up against the cap, then maybe someone like Shaq Yorson comes into the equation. He clearly wants to come back, you know, if you look at social media. But um, mm. and then I like Shaq, I like. Shaq Lawson, I think. Um, yeah, you know, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a fun guy. He's a good good for the dressing room. Uh, I just I think his career has sort of been on the decline really since he left uh, left, yeah. left Buffalo. I agree. Like, just look at Abado's physical traits. Clearly, came you know we we all know his story. Came into the game quite late. There's he's like twenty nine thirty, but there's still upside there in terms of his physical traits. Uh, and he, as you say, he's more of a pass rush. You think we've got Greg Rousseau, which you've already said. He's uh, established run stuff. I played really well uh, in that area last season. And Boogie Basham, who clearly didn't get on the field as much and perform as well as Russo, but he is more of a like a run stuffing stuffing edge just because of his body type as well. So um, I'd be higher on bringing Abada back than bringing Lawson into the building again. Uh, that'd be my stance. So mm. yeah, um, as for fifth guy, yeah, Abada makes, and he obviously he's got the um, flexibility of coming in on the inside. Jack Lawson doesn't have that body type to be able to play and have an impact in terms of pass mm. rushing on, yeah, the inside. on the inside. So yeah, exactly. for me, yeah, I think I'd bring Abada back over Lawson. All right. So another name I'm sort of quite keen to see back if, uh, if the numbers work out is uh, Justin Zimmer. Um, again, we need numbers on that defensive line. I know he's obviously, had some injuries, uh, but I think when he's played for the Bills, he's, he's not letting us down. And in fact, you know, we've, probably everyone still remembers that, um, that, that, that yeah. yeah, that fumble recovery off, uh, off Cam Newton and, and how important that was, you know, and his athleticism. Uh, what, what's your feeling about Justin Zimmer? Yeah, I said I'd be quite happy to keep him as like a fourth, fifth defensive tackle. Um, he's a little bit older, isn't he? I know he is um, compared to 
Um, you know, we all think he's quite a young guy. Yeah, he's actually he's 30, not. isn't he? Yeah. He's 30, wow. Yeah. yeah. Clearly he's got physical upside. He doesn't have long arms, which affects, um, you know, being able to stop the run. But his physical profile, his athleticism, we all know, you know, we've seen his sprints um, across the other side of the field and he's running at insane speeds, keeping up with running backs. So um, I like him. You know, uh, it depends what condition he's going to be in after that serious injury. I don't know what type of injury it was in the end, but uh, that knee surgery, wasn't it? I think knee knee surgery. surgery. Yeah. And I suspect he's going to be because of the injury, it's going to be sort of a veteran minimum. And I think for a veteran minimum, it's worth bringing back. And he could definitely be someone that would bring back, seeing training camp, you know, we're going to have yeah. a competition at all all positions. So bring him in, see how he is. And then I wouldn't be surprised if he either gets kept under the 53 or cut ultimately. And even maybe stay in the practice squad, who knows? So Yeah, yeah. So then um, this, I've got a list of players I'm, I'm pretty comfortable letting go. Um, yeah. And I think some of them aren't really debatable. So Emmanuel Sanders, I think we know, you know, he's he's... Yeah, didn't contribute anything like as much as I was hoping. There's even rumbles that he will retire. Bobby Hart, I'm not sure anyone's going to fight for him. Matt Breeder, you know, again, couldn't even get on the uh, the 52-man roster. Um, Trubisky is obviously going to go. He's going to look for a position. Vernon yeah. Butler, I think we'll all be happy to, you know, um, swing the door uh, to catch him on the backside as he walks out, um, <laughs> as useless as he's been, especially for the money yeah. that we've we paid him. Um, and then there's a couple that I think are debatable um Levi Wallace um and Isaiah McKenzie now personally I think Levi is just going to want too much money and I think he deserves to go and get the money and I'd rather go and fill that that gap probably with some solid veteran and a a high draft pick uh personally than paying him probably what people like over the cap are saying that he's he's worth um Isaiah McKenzie I have a feeling that he's going to want to try and get paid um, at least something more than the, the you know, the, the, the candies that we're giving him. <laughs> so he's uh, famous to famously said, um, I'm more than happy for Isaiah McKenzie to come back. I think he's a good guy in the dressing room. And I think that, you know, he's competent. And we saw that, that one game where he really stepped up against the Patriots, but the bills told us what they think about McKenzie. You know, he had that great game and then he barely, barely took a, uh, took a reception after that. Mm. So if you're not going to get, um, targets after playing like that, we know that what they think of him. So personally, I I can see both Levi and Zion McKenzie going. Well, what's your feeling on them? I completely agree with everything you said before in terms of when you're going through the, the list of names and uh, exactly the same on Wallace as well. Um, as you said, like if his market value is nine million a year, um, you know. Well done, you know, you've done great over the last two or three seasons. Yeah, go get paid. Get yourself in that position to get yeah. paid. So, yeah, so no one's going to fight him about that. You never know. Um, if that contract's too rich for someone else, one year, two year down the line, that could be someone we could bring back potentially uh, in, in in the same ma- uh, manner of uh, Shaq Lawson. Um, and then Isaiah McKenzie, it'll be interesting. I was thinking just when you were talking about the recent news of Cole Beasley's been um, granted permission to seek a trade, uh, clearly that leaves us lacking in terms of a wide receiver room uh, in terms of numbers as well. So if Isaiah McKenzie has a market, then he could potentially use um, not only that, plus Cole Beasley wanting out as leverage to get more money from the Bills. But I don't know if the Bills would um, you know, allow that to happen. They seem to like um, you know, keeping the same guys in the building. They like um, mm. you know, uh, consistency and uh, having the same you know, similar guys back, back, 
back again. So it'll be interesting. I've, I've been more open to McKenzie coming back than Wallace, just purely down to the numbers. I think McKenzie, yes. we could get cheaper for the role that he has for the team. Yeah, agreed. Great. And then the only other name, so AJ Klein's already gone. Uh, we, we don't need to talk yeah. about him. And I think, again, I'm pretty comfortable with that. I think he, he played some good position, but I mean, the money that he was getting yeah. with the, cap, it was the cap space, inevitable. Inevitable, but he yeah. had a good role for us. Yeah, yeah he did. Definitely. He did. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with that um, sort of third linebacker role, um, whether they look to draft somebody or whether they look to bring someone in or actually just use what they've already got on the roster. Yeah, um, I think that's what they'll do. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the only other name that's on the list, which I haven't really talked about because I just genuinely don't have an opinion is Tywin Jones I mean obviously he's mostly a special teams guy um I think you can debate it either way he's not going to cost much money either way um it may well be they just wait and see what we what we get I mean he's listed officially as a running back but he doesn't play um he doesn't play offensive snaps so yeah. uh, do you have any strong opinions on Tywin Jones <laughs> not necessarily like, I'd like to keep him because Beans called him an, an elite gunner and you could see that you know, he is a real uh, vital component to this special teams unit. Um, so I'd like to keep him, but, you know, there's some special teams out there that could look at him and he could have a market because he is an elite gunner and, you know, he, someone could be willing to pay him too much. You know, yeah. that's too rich for us. So um, he might not come back. He, he was a captain as well, wasn't he? So clearly yeah, he was, he's respected yeah. by the franchise and that locker room. So, um, yeah, I, I have no issues with bringing him back at all. I'm I'm never super comfortable with these guys who are just special teams only. Um, you know, obviously, other than sort of the, you know the specialist positions, I always think that you know you really want you really want people to be contributing elsewhere um, in the game if you can. Um, but um, we'll see. I mean, I, I think um, Tyler Makevich is obviously a special teams only guy as well. Um, what do they do about him? Do they cut him? You know, he gets paid paid good money. Um, He's listed essentially as a linebacker, but again, doesn't play uh, defensive snaps. Um, I think you can only carry so many of these kind of guys. And uh, especially when we're up against a cap, I can see possibilities where, where it might not fit. Mm-hmm. All right. So that sort of uh, t- takes us through all of our uh, current free agents. Um, should we talk a little bit about these rumors that are floating around? We spent yeah. we've talked about Shaq, Shaq Lawson already, but um, yeah. the other big one is at tight end and Gronk, you know, who seems to be looting around for a, you know, a Super Bowl ready um, team. Now Brady has at least temporarily left the NFL. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about that hit against uh, Trey White. Um, you know, most of us have pretty negative opinion about Gronk. I, I personally don't like the guy. <laughs> I think he's a clown. I think he's, annoying i think he's kind of stupid uh, without being <laughs> we didn't see no words i just i just think he's somebody who gets a profile that he doesn't really deserve however i think he's a very good player and he actually outperformed um uh you know this pretty solid year from from dawson knox last year um and i think he's going to add value to any any roster that's on so i think it's a toughie what how do you feel about gronk and him coming back to uh, to western new york I agree. Like, if the organisation, including Trey White, if they're happy to bring him in, and it's a relatively modest deal as well. Like, we're looking at the tight end market, and Ian Thomas is making six and a half million a year. You know, so it's going to be quite crazy. But if we can bring him him in on a one year, I don't know seven eight million deal, then I'd be opening open to it happening. But that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean I'll be happy if it happens. It's just that you know, as you said, he's still really good. He's still. Still blocks really well. Blocker, yep. you know, still good. 
in the passing game, clearly. Um, it allows and, us to play more 12 personnel. Yeah, and we, I texted you about this, didn't I, after the season, pretty soon after. I was like, I'm quite keen on the Bills at least drafting, you know, or having a more meaningful second tight end so we can run these 12 personnel packages. Not because I don't want to, you know, change the ethos of the Bills scheme. You know, I want us to stay Olympus now. I want us to pass the ball as much as off, uh, possible. Um, but, you know, just having 12 personnel and having that um, ability to have two tight ends in the game, you know, um, that that just adds something else, doesn't it? Um, mm. You know, another feather to our bow. So I'd be happy to bring in another tight end. And not only Gronk, but Evan Ingram's been a name floated around. We've been linked with him for, it looks like a couple of seasons before trade, trade deadlines. Uh, someone that they seem to be quite interested in. Uh, clearly they're looking at uh, a more of a receiving um, tight end uh, if they are interested in Ingram because he's got no blocking upside whereas Gronk's clearly more of an all-round tight end and he could do that so there, it definitely there seems to be indications that they are going to make a good splash at tight end and I don't think I'm necessarily happy about that like I'd have been happy to have we've we've heard about uh, this this um, draft class uh, of tight ends and it'd been quite deep from you know rounds three to five I'd be quite happy to uh, you know, picks on like a Jebby Ruckert or uh, Jane Widemeyer or just one of those guys uh, and slot them in as tight end two and allow them to develop and use them a little bit in those 12 personnel packages so they get on the field. Um, so they I'll, still I'll... might, they still might. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they might go for a Tracy guy deep into the draft, you know, a sort of day three Tracy guy who's really raw again. July the problem with, you know, as we know with tight ends, it's a slow developing position. Yeah. The other thing is that we, we don't know what Ken Dorsey wants, what kind of shape he wants this offense mm. to be. You know, he mm. could be thinking, well, actually, one solid receiving tight end is enough. Let's get ourselves more of a blocking tight end to complement what. Um, Dawson Knox does and let's go heavy on wide receiver and you know we've seen how draft well you and I have seen how deep this wide receiver draft is um, we need to get cheaper at that position mm-hmm. Sanders and Beasley going potentially helps us do that and uh, if we can replace them with with solid draft picks and the good thing about wide receivers is usually they can contribute pretty quickly in your offense um, so you know we already have Gabriel Davis we already have Stefan Diggs we already have Dawson Knox as great um, receiving threats um, so, you know, we just don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do of this free agency period. It should tell us a little bit more about what they might do in the draft. Um, but yeah, it's going to come down to what kind of shape, shape offense Ken Dorsey wants, I think. Yeah, definitely. I'll combine these other two. So there's been um, talks, I can't remember, someone, uh, you know, well-respected uh, and renowned NFL um, isn't. Ian Rappaport or any one of those guys. Yeah, he doesn't Schefter. have my respect. <laughs> no, I know he doesn't. I know he doesn't. But someone said that, um, you know, don't be surprised if Bills make a big splash. And then there's rumours about a big name approaching Brandon Bean before the combine just to say, look, hey, I'm here. I'm going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to join you, uh, which is in a, in a completely different spectrum to what we're used to. But I was just going to combine those both. Like, what, what's your likelihood, do you think, of... Uh, make us making a big splash do you think it will happen do you think we'll be acquiring someone like a Chandler Jones or uh, a Brandon Scherf maybe on guard or you know one of the top three agents do you think that'll happen or do you think they'll um, they can certainly make a... the cap space they can make the cap yeah. space I think for one one biggie um, and if they were going to go for one biggie 
then my preference would probably be for a, for a, for an edge rusher. You know, somebody who at least signs a two-year contract allows our other three young edges to develop. You can let Hughes and Addison go, which is going to compensate a lot for the some of the cap space side of things. Um, I think there's some some good logic there. You know, we've not had that stellar pass rusher um, on the edge for for years, and. I think it's a it's a it's a problem for this uh, for this defense. Um, it restricts what we can do. I think also there's an argument to say if we're going to bring in a an alternative to Levi Wallace, yeah, there's going to need some development at whoever you get, even if you got a first round cornerback. You know, they don't typically contribute at full capacity on, on day one. If we've got somebody experienced on the defensive line and we can put more pressure on from the defensive line, that's what's going to buy um, buy that cornerback a bit more time, really. Um, so, I, you know, there's always this debate, pass rush versus coverage. You know, you've got to deal with one of them, uh, at least. So, I don't know, I, I feel like there's, there's, there's space for one. But, you know, when you also listen to Brandon Bean, he's not super keen on these short-term decisions. He doesn't really like these sort of big, splashy one-year contracts. Um, you know, he, he wants to prepare the bills for a sort of long-term future. And it feels a little bit against type. I mean, what have we seen, you know, in the last few years? We've obviously brought in Diggs yeah. um, as a splashy signing. I think John Brown and, and um, uh, Cole Beasley were very good free agent signings. But we haven't done a lot. Mitch Morse was splashy because he was the highest paid yeah, centre. Yeah, good well. point. Yeah, Mitch Morse. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. But again, that was say, a long term commitment. Yeah, wasn't it? they're well, all long term commitments. I think at that point, especially with John Brown, Cole Beasley, that um, that was 2019, wasn't it? Where they brought in all sorts of players. They got rid of that dead cap from uh, the Rex Ryan era, and they're able to spend. And that was clearly like the foundation of you know bringing this team and driving this forward and getting us to be a championship contender. But you think back to last off season, and we all have the same you know questions, doubts about uh, the pass rush, and they made a, a run at JJ Watt, didn't they? And clearly. That was a good move in a way. You know, we were happy that he turned us down because he didn't uh, play well for the Cardinals. He was injured a lot, uh, clearly. Um, and I feel like now we have this roster um, and with the sign that, you know, we were offering JJ Watt a one-year deal, I think, uh, maybe they'd be more open to this splash. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, um, but maybe that we have this roster now that is championship contending. You know, Josh Allen's going to appeal to a lot of the... Uh, you know, uh, highly renowned, highly respected um, players that are hitting, hitting the open market. Maybe you have the, um, you know, Brady factor where, you know, people are wanting to join the Bills because of Josh Allen and because they know that we'll be in the postseason and competing for a Super Bowl. So um, maybe this is for the offseason. Maybe we will see someone join. Uh, that's a big splash. Mm. It can certainly clear the space, and if anyone's unsure about you know how the bills would uh, clear up the space, I would take a recommend. I recommend taking a listen to um, the podcast that uh, Cover One have been putting out, specifically the Big uh, Cap podcast with um, you know, a whole range of uh, different contributors. But uh, uh, Greg Tomset, uh, you know, he's the kind of he's the cap guru, isn't he? And um, yeah. you know, he he managed to clear up. Yeah, a good chunk of cap just with some restructures, some sensible cuts, nothing too crazy, uh, but sort of 30 million or so. So there is space. There is space. I mean, there's also at the edge, you've got someone like Emmanuel Ogba, um, you know, in, in yep. as free agent, um, who's obviously a bit younger than the likes of Von Miller and Chandler Jones. Um, I always find it hard. You just don't know what there's a lot of games getting played when it's free agency time. And, and yeah, you know, all in principle, all these these names make the bills better, but um, you just don't know what they're thinking. 
Yeah. What I will say is that I don't believe the Bills going to draft another edge rusher early on. I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't think we're high enough up in the draft to get a real difference maker. I don't think the options available where we pick in the second round are better than what we already have in the three developmental guys. So we've already got three developmental guys they are pretty committed to. Um, we've got cheaper at the position um, from that perspective. So I don't see us taking one early. I know that you thought maybe, maybe it's possible, but I, I'm just, I'm just not seeing it. I'd be, you know, it'd have to take trading up, and yeah, I'm not advocating for trading up. Uh, it's expensive in the first to, round, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because you're gonna have to get into a top 15, and that's gonna be at least at least a um, round three pick, and then probably stuff for next year. So um, yeah, uh, I think the pass rushes that are available, you know, for top guys, uh, you know, um, um, Hutchinson and uh, Thibodeau, they're gonna be out of our range. But like a Jermaine Johnson, um, you know. If we were to draft him, I think he would be a difference maker for us and he would be, um, you know, give us upside and that type of thing. But, yeah, it's all about getting to that position and I just can't see us being in that position to draft him. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to have to be free agency. Um, So if we move on to um, just free agency, what our needs are, if we were Brandon Bean, what would we do? So he talked about edge to start with. I'd, I'd advocate that this is the area that we should be investing in, you know, the highest in terms of, um, you know, money, capital uh, is, is edge. Um, you know, um, for me, Chandler Jones is number one choice. I would be, if we were to make one splash, Chandler Jones is a guy that I'd want, um, 32 years old. Only tw- two of the last, or his 10 seasons in the NFL, he's played under 14 games. So he's got some longevity there. Um, who knows what's going to happen in the future? That might go, you know, he might have a serious injury or so. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But the last 10 seasons, he's been pretty consistent, you know, in, injury free. So that bodes well. And he's a Rochester native as well. He came from Syracuse. Um, so that's a guy that'd be on the top of my list mm-hmm. um, in free agency. I'd what about prob- you? I, I think I'd your probably prefer Emmanuel Ogba. Um, okay. I think he's been, you know, his, his statistics, he's increased his performance every year. Um, you know, more, uh, more quarterback hits. Um, I think he's trending younger. in the right direction. He's younger. Yeah. I think there's because he's younger, we could probably play around with his cap hit a little bit. Um, yeah. you know, over the cap, is sort of talking about, you know, 12 ish 12 13 million um that, I, think. I would think so yeah but even if he was 15 i think you could argue it's worth it but of course because he's younger time up to a longer contract play around mm-hmm. with the cap uh, the, the sort of contract structure a little bit um i think you just got more more flexibility there so that's the only thing that sort of i'm cautious about with someone like Chandler jones is really how many years you're going to or same with von miller really how many years are you going to get out of them yeah. um so i think it's more bean-shaped deal to take a younger guy, longer contract, and have somebody uh, tied up. Would Ogba, out of all the positions, like is Ogba the free agent that you most like desire? Like you most want to see the Bills sign if it was a big splash? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I mean, it, it, there's, there's obviously you know, free agents. You look at down the list, and it, there's all kinds of you know, brilliant players there. Uh, you, I'm also going to be a bit realistic about what what this organization is prepared to do and what it, what it typically does um, yeah. in, in these sorts of, these sorts of situations. You know, I don't think Bean is somebody who's going to go out and sign, you know, wrap up 20 odd million in, in, a, in an edge rusher somewhere. Um, I also, I'm not entirely sure what he's going to do with wide receiver. You know, if he's, if we let, we trade away Beasley, we probably need an outside guy and the slot. Yeah. So what, how, how does that play out? You know, do we get, see Diggs playing a little more in the slot um you know obviously 
we could go down the draft route. There are some fantastic wide receivers really deep into this, this draft. Uh, do we get one or two younger guys? Um, you know, it, it's, it's really, really hard to say, but yeah, I think that of all the needs where, where does experience count, which essentially is what you're looking at free agency. I think it has to be edge. That's the big, the big gap for us. And then if you, you know, look at the top three edge rushers in this, uh, in this, in this group, you've got Chandler Jones, again, great player, probably on the wrong side in terms of age. You've got Von Miller, just won a Super Bowl, probably wants to go back to Denver, I would think now. Um, and then you've got Emmanuel Ogba. Um, and I think in terms of just value for money, uh, I think that's, uh, it might be the best option given his age and, and the way you could structure a contract. And it's not only about the um, level of player as well. It's also about what, like the depth, depth at that position, because for a defensive tackle, I'd be quite happy if we invested, you know, a good amount of money into that position. But there's so much, uh, it's such a deep group, actually, of free agent defensive tackles, um, one tech and free tech. Um, that's going to drive the price down because there's so many of them. There's um, too much supply. So um, that's why China Jones, as you said, they're the three main guys that you've just said there mm-hmm. for the edge position. And when you get below that, it's a bit, mm, you know, Melvin Ingram is the like bargain bin kind of guy that I'd be looking at. He's more of a 1B guy now, you know. What about um, Har- Har- Harold Landry, the uh, Seahawk? He signed a, uh, you mean he he's um, a Titan? He, uh, oh, sorry, back Titan, not Seahawks. Yeah, he, yes. he resigned. So they didn't franchise tag him, but then later that day, they gave him a long, uh, long-term yep. extension. Yep. So he would have been, yeah, at the top of my list pretty much, I think, with Chandler Jones, but he's back there. So he's not an option. So, yeah, so in that position, yeah, Chandler Jones is my number one. Then Melvin Ingram's my more bargaining kind of guy. Um, if that's the approach that Brandon Bean wants to take. You touched on wide receiver. Um I think looking at the market, you think of Cole Beasley. He's our primary slot guy. Um, he's wanting a trade. So I think that's going to be our more pressing need in free agency is for slot. And I feel like you talked about, you know, having veteran presence uh, in the locker room and that position group. Um, that's where you get the most value um, out of a uh, slot is a veteran guy like we did with Cole Beasley. He's been in the league. He's familiar with defensive schemes. Uh, as long as we don't bring in Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, he's not on my list. (laughs) You'll you'll be pleased to know. Um, But I've got Christian Kirk. Yeah, Um, good player. Good slot player. He's like the premium slot guy that's available. And he seems to be really close with uh, Josh Allen as well. They go on quite a lot of off-season retreats together. So he might be doing a little bit of... um, work in a background to try and uh, get him to sign for us I mean um, either, I, 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 one of the things I one of the players I would quite like is Cordell Passerton because I think yeah. he could be he could add that so different I mean, dynamic you know yeah. um, obviously running back but also can play um, close to the wide receiver I want him last off season, but I feel like because he was so productive, his price is just going to be a little bit too rich yeah. uh, for my liking. But yeah, if we sign him, I certainly won't be disappointed because he can do so many different things. And as, as you say, like in this offense, we can use him in so many different ways. So definitely uh, Cordell Patterson would be a good player for us. I just don't know. His price point might be too high now um, for us. The other two slots that I was thinking is Russell Gage uh, from the Falcons. He's got, you know, he's at a good age. He's been in the league for uh, three seasons, four seasons, I think. And uh, that's 
primarily where he lines up. And then Zach Pascal, who's a mm-hmm. uh, Colts base, a little bit older. I think if he's like 27, but he could do a job for a couple of seasons in the slot position. And then if we wanted uh, a, a, like a, you know, spy, size, speed, uh, outside receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling from the Packers. He's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I like Six him. foot four. He, he's, you know, he's different dimension kind of, to the offense, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because he's quicker than Davis as well. So if you put him on the outside, you know, teams are going to have to try and contend with all of that. And then you can have Dixon the slot as well. That's quite exciting. So, uh, yeah, they'd be my wide receiver positions. So um, in terms of needs, we talked about edge quite a bit. And we talked yeah. about wide receiver. I've yeah. got three other that I think are kind of tier one needs that potentially would solve in the draft, um, you know, not necessarily in free agency, but... There's cornerback, we obviously need to think about. There's interior offensive line, um, and then there's, I think, defensive tackle. Um, do you have any desire for anybody in those positions in terms of free agency? Would you, let me put it another way. Do you see any splashy signings, a possibility in, which, in, in those three areas? In which positions, sorry? Cornerback, guard, and, in, and defensive tackle. Um, I can't see any splashy... Uh, signings in any of those. No, me neither. Uh, I think they're going to be we're going to be drafting for those positions. I think. I don't think necessarily they'll be drafting for those positions. They might complement. They might do both in the end. Um, but I feel like um, with the depth of those positions in the free agency, with the depth of those positions also uh, in the draft, I feel like they don't have to go to the highest level. Like defensive tackles that you bring up. Oh, there's loads of options. I alluded to it earlier. A really deep group. Um, you've got like. So many names, I could just reel them off now. BJ Hill, DJ Jones, Derek Nardi, Tim Settle, follow Runsu Fatakasi, Christian Covington, Jerron Reed. They're all solid guys that can all do a role for this, you know, do a job for this team next season. So I just list off those, what, six, seven names there. You know, they're not top elite guys, but there isn't a top elite guy in the defensive tackle uh, group, you know, this year. Um, they're all very good players, but they're not going to keep paid an absolute premium. So, and maybe as well because of what happened with Star, and I think you know, Bean and McDermott, if you're having a, uh, a conversation, just the two of them, they'll probably say that Star is probably like the worst signing that they made uh, since coming out to the Bills. They gave him a big contract. I don't know if they'll give a huge contract. Are you expecting maybe Star not. to stay? I am. I don't see them cutting him just because of the dead cap. Not but... straight away, but. It, it definitely could happen, maybe training camp, you know. If you listen to, um, have you had a chance to listen to uh, Locked on Bills today, the uh, mock-off season that Joe Marino Not yet, done? no. It's, you, you listen to that 53 roster, uh, man roster once he's done, and he'd done that in collaboration with Greg Tomset as well. And it, for the defensive tackles that he was listing, you know, he covered like, all the needs pretty much. Uh, yeah, this is Joe Marino's um, this is, wish list uh, rather than realistic, though, from what I, I read, right? <laughs> well, it, it's, it's what we could actually make happen. It's, it is feasible, we afford, but it's a yeah. lot. You know, obviously, yeah. you're not factoring in other teams being in competition mm-hmm. with those players, but you think, oh, you know, just from signing, you know, a couple of free agents on a couple of year deal, you know, yeah, two-year deals or, uh, 
a draft pick as well. You know, we could revitalize that room. So I can't see anything splashy, but I think they will make a couple, you know, yeah. a couple of signings in all those positions. So, so there's sort of two, tier two needs that I've got on my list. So running back, I think we yeah. we might see something happen there. We talked about tight end two uh, in the shape of Bronk earlier, but just generally there's possibly a role for, for a tight end to come in anyway, uh, depending on what people think of Tommy Sweeney. I think there's, potential for them to think about a third linebacker um, as well. And I suspect that might be something that they look at in the draft as well, because this seems like quite a deep linebacker class. Punter, we're going to need. Uh, I yep. think none of us are expected to see Matt Hawk back. Nope. And we also need QB, QB2. Um, yeah. Rumours about, well, I don't know whether these are rumours or just wishes of Fitz, uh, Fitz coming. I'm not sure. I think Fitz might want a bit more money than we're prepared to pay for a QB2. Um, any thoughts on who we might want or who who you who would you like to see that's a realistic backup to Josh Allen? Yeah, so I think yeah, Fitz would be everyone's number one, I think, just because of you know, the kind of guy he is in the locker room. You know, he knows that he's not gonna be um uh, you know, in contention for QB one. He knows that Josh Allen will be that guy. He's familiar with the area, he loves it. Um we all saw the amazing footage of him in the stands enjoying the Patriots game. Uh, and, you know, he's not a disruptive figure as well. So, well, I've already said that one. So, he would definitely be a top of my list. I'm not too sure because I haven't listed that necessarily as um, something we need to do a free agency. But you're right, we will need to. I expect it to be, um, there was talk of Kyle Allen just because, he wasn't tended by, I can't remember what team he comes from, but he's one of those guys that hangs out in the off-season, like with Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, you know, there's like a group of them that seem to hang out and I think probably all get coached by Jordan Palmer. So that's someone that uh, could be brought in just purely as a backup. I don't know about a splashy guy, like who would be that guy to outside of fits. Uh, I'm not really well, you don't sure. really want a splash at QB2, do you? You just want someone who's steady, no. who can... I can... Don't f- manage a couple of games i mean trubisky was kind of the perfect situation really wasn't he yeah but, um we're not gonna know, get another trubisky i don't no. think there's anyone that's you know you're looking at the teddy bridgewaters of this world the tyrod taylors of this world you know these kind of guys who Maybe probably tyrod. aren't going to play yeah. i wouldn't mind seeing tyrod i mean he's not gonna you know give up the ball is he i wouldn't mind seeing tyrod back um as a qb2 i mean josh allen seems to be pretty robust and he's making better decisions these days so it seems less likely that we're going to be um missing time with josh but um, you never know. And um, it's good to be able to have somebody who you can depend on. And I think this is more likely something that we solve through free agency than it is something that we solve through the draft. Um, you know, having a, a key, well, I mean, we, we, we lost everybody else <laughs> from this wide yeah. receiver room, basically. Jake Fromm is gone. Um, Davis Webb is gone. Mitchell Trubisky will go. Um, so we're going to need some some names. Um, a couple maybe, at least. Yeah, yeah. we may draft a, uh, somebody, I guess, late stage, but late rounds. But um, I think they'll, they'll, they'll try and find somebody dependable in the, in the free agency, I would think. Yeah, definitely. What about Tyler Croft coming back? What do you reckon about that? Uh, I don't reckon much about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that in, haven't I? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think running back's an interesting one. Um, I don't know if you've been through many mocks, and obviously mocks before free agency are a little yeah. bit, you know, it's a bit, it's kind of a bit speculative, but it just helps you get to know some of the names. But I found that the, there's there's value in the second round in running backs um, some really good running backs available in the second round at least the way that it's playing out at the moment Singletary obviously had a much improved sort of second half of the season um, 
stated many times, I don't believe he's a, a showcase running back number one. Maybe he doesn't need to be, but it wouldn't surprise me if we drafted a running back quite early on. Um, alternatively, of course, there are some free agent options. There's people like Leonard Fournette. There's Melvin Gordon out there. Um, some of those, somebody who's a bit more experienced. Um, just gives Fournette's a bit more. A rumor, isn't isn't he? I've been hearing that they're looking at the top of a running back. I can't see them doing top of. Like, they're not going to get Gronk, Gronk and Fournette. Like they're not going to do that. Um, no, I, I can't. So. It's either one or the other. So we either sign Gronk and get a you know. Uh, a lower cost running back or we sign for net and get a lower cost tight end. We're not going to do both. Um, would you have any preference, uh, Gronk or Fournette? I think I'd probably prefer Gronk. Just from a player perspective, I think he, he's a better player. Um, yeah, I mean, I think from a player perspective, he is. Uh, that's debatable. Um, I, I like the idea of Fournette, I have to say. I think um, he'd be quite good complimentary running back. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I I think we miss a bit of experience in that running back room, honestly. Um, and I think that just having somebody who can help Singletary develop a little bit more, I think is no bad thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't have a really firm, firm opinion on running back. I, I'd be quite happy for us to draft somebody early. I think Singletary's got to the stage where he's good enough to be, you know, competent yeah. and competent, regular downs. Um, so bringing in someone who's a bit, quicker a bit flashier somebody who maybe can attack the edge a little bit more um as a sort of second or third round choice in the, in the draft i think that's um not not a bad thing if that's where the value is and that's the thing about the draft you know we always talk about do you draft for need do you just draft the best player available and you know most people believe it's best player available at a position of need unless you're you know weird like the the the, the raiders tend to be um well you know position of need at the moment is running back and if the value is the second and third round there, then I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way that uh, Brandon Bean went. Good. Um, okay. Any other sort of areas you want to talk about with free agency at this point, or um, have we covered the bases? I think we pretty much have. We didn't really talk about the guard position too much, but um, I think we know that, you know, Chroma was links to a number of guys um, from the Rams, so they could be in play, but also if the Panthers guys, Norwell and uh, Turner, the ex-Panthers guys, maybe there'll be reclamation projects like um, Dow Williams was, um, you know, it, Williams could potentially get cut because he's got a good saving against his name. Maybe they're bringing one of those guys that they're familiar with and they can develop and not develop, but just kind of get them back to, you know, what they showed up the Panthers. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's just the only other position uh, I've got written down, to be honest. So, great. Yeah, I'm good. Excellent stuff. So that's our uh, free agency preview. Um, I guess the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty interesting. Um, we are going to be talking more about free agency, but the next sort of show or two, you're going to be hearing some more interviews from our uh, Bills, Bills fans from afar. Um, so look out for those. Um, and uh, anything else you want to mention, Tim, before we, we close down for the day? I don't think so. I've got nothing else, no. Great stuff. Well, thank you for joining us. As always, please do get in touch. Um, we are Bills from Afar at Twitter. And we also, you can get in touch with us individually. He is Tim Rose 90 I am Charlie underscore sport. And you can email us if you want. We are Bills from Afar at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>